On this episode of Net at Night, Oreos, placebo effects, the flamey lips, and Ripple. All next. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Audio bandwidth for Net at Night is provided by Winamp for Android, the ultimate media player for your desktop and Android device, featuring wireless sync. Download it free at winamp.com slash Android. Video bandwidth for Net at Night is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Net at Night, episode 189, recorded Tuesday, February 15th, 2011. Ripple. This episode of Net at Night is brought to you by Audible.com. To download a free audiobook of your choice, go to audible.com slash night. From Petaluma, California, I'm Sarah Lane. From Toronto, Ontario, Canada, I'm Amber MacArthur. Yeah, this is another exciting episode of Net at Night. I, of course, am not Leo Laporte, but Leo and Amber got together and said, sure, while Leo's on vacation, Sarah can fill in. So here I am. Amber, thanks for letting me be on the show three weeks in a row. We are happy to have you. So it's been a lot of fun over the past uh, couple of weeks. Is When does Leo get back? He gets back next, uh, I think he comes back next Monday, which is actually a twit holiday. So oh. hopefully he can get back, get some sleep, and then That's- he, uh, next week's Net at Night will be his first day back in the, uh, in the office. It feels like he's been gone forever. I don't know what it feels like to you guys. It feels that, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, because uh, Tom and I, especially, it's like we're busier in his absence. We feel like the time's going by really fast. Uh, at the same sense. time, it's like, oh, wouldn't it be nice when Leo gets back? <laughs> because we're, we're kind of like juggling extra work. But, but uh, no, he's, it's, it's, the, the ship is um, staying afloat, but we definitely miss him. There's some Oops. sort of heart and soul thing that it's just, it's very hard to replicate Leo. It's downright impossible, but we do, we do the best we can. How is the new studio coming along? Uh, I haven't been over there since uh, before they broke ground. Uh, there's some construction going on now, but it's I've seen some of the design plans. Uh, we've got Roger Ambrose, who was actually responsible for the screensaver set on Tech TV. A lot of people oh. remember that set. I mean, it was really cool. I mean, very professional stuff. So I've seen some of the mock-ups, and it's like, wow, I can't believe it. It's really huge and different and very exciting. Because we'll have, right now, we all love this room, but it was never really built for some of the shows that we're yeah. doing in here. Uh, TNT is a good example because we all sort of sit around this chair, these chairs, and you know, there's no Leo kind of anchoring the whole thing. So on the new set, it's like we have, we can make seven sets. We have so much room, and That's more awesome. than two toilets. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the best part of the new <laughs> really studio, good. I'm sure, Sarah. I'm like women's bathroom. Wow, it's been a while. So yes, Excellent. it'll be it'll be fun. So it it we might be in there by the time you visit. I hope so. Even if we're not actually broadcasting from there, it'll definitely be open. So we'll give you a tour. That is so exciting. Very cool. So we have lots of tech news on the show today. We have a great guest. We have one of the co-founders of a site called Ripple, um, which is a really neat destination for people um, essentially to, uh, I don't know how to explain it, maybe sort of work better. I guess that's the, the best way. It has to do with online performance. And I believe that you guys signed up for an account. Yes, the Twitter account has been made and we are all giving each other kind of virtual high fives 
Ripple's been described, um, at least in a Mashable article that I read, it, it was they, they sort of likened it to the modern way to get through yearly reviews, that kind of thing. So I went, oh, okay, it's like a corporate tool for employees to be reviewed and, and communicate with their bosses. But it's really a lot more than that. It's like a social network based around performance within a company that isn't just a boss-employee relationship. It's uh, employee-to-employee and, and people saying, congrats, that was really cool what you did today and that sort of thing. So obviously we'll go through it a little bit more later in the show, but it's a really neat tool, especially since I know I, I'm, you and I have, have both worked in the media industry a lot. It's like I've definitely been in jobs before where I thought some feedback would be good. Oh, <laughs> I think the media is the worst for that. I mean, it I'm really sure it happens. Lots of business, but you know, literally, no one says anything. And I think after a few years, you start to realize that really, no news is good news. If you know you haven't upset anyone, that's a good sign. No one's going to talk to you, but no one will ever come up to you as far as executives and and management and say, "Wow, you know, great job today." So, sort of a, a thankless world. Thank goodness there's a, an online community out there who's uh, <laughs> willing and able to talk and give you feedback. Yeah, it's true. So anybody who's interested in this and wants to follow along on Ripple once uh, once we get our guest up and running, it's ryppple.com is is uh, where we set up our Twitter account, which you, you guys can't actually look at our Twitter account because that's confidential, employees-only kind of information. But, uh, but you know, you can get a little bit familiar with it so you can, you can follow along. Um, and it's easy to, to set up an account there, too, totally. if you want to yeah. create one. And it's super easy to use as well. Absolutely. So what so, else is going on on the Internet, Amber? Well, Sarah, there is a lot going on, of course. It's hard for me to sift through all of the different stories and find the best ones because literally I start going back into the archives on some of the top tech sites. And then I realize even in the past 24 hours, I mean, there's dozens of news stories that we could talk about. Um, I know. So a couple of them. The first one is, uh, this is kind of fun, I guess Oreo, you know, the cookies, the famous cookies, they yes. have been trying to set a world record for the most likes on Facebook. And so uh, they did this big campaign. They were growing quite quickly. Um, um, I think they they uh, were aiming to get, uh, I think they already have about 16 million fans and they were aiming to get more than 45,000 likes within a 24-hour period. Um, and they did, you know, get close to that. They got about 30,000 likes. And I actually thought they would break this record. But the funny thing is, I just read on Mashable that Little Wayne, you know, the singer? Little yes, Wayne, yes. It looks like he is going to crush Oreo's dreams. Now, is Lil Wayne aware of the Oreo, uh, the quest for the Guinness Book of World Records, or does he just have a lot of fans on his um, own Facebook He has page? a lot of fans, and it was part of kind of their digital strategy to try to step it up a notch and take a piece of the uh, action away from Oreo and uh, try to uh, try to break the record themselves. Uh, and so, uh, I, you know, it's really funny to me, though. I think the most interesting part of this whole story is not necessarily that, you know, the company tried to do it. That's not a huge surprise. Um, but to be honest with you, I mean, I'd heard about Oreo having so many fans on Facebook, but little Wayne, I don't know. <laughs> I'm well, shocked to me. He ha uh, he's, I don't own any of his albums. I couldn't sing one of the songs when pressed, but I do know that he's very popular uh, it, in certain circles anyway of music. So uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of like, I mean, I, I'm a little bit reminded of Ashton Kutcher versus CNN on Twitter course, to get the yeah. most amount of followers because it's like, well, CNN is a company uh, that represents or that is represented by a variety of producers and reporters and behind the scenes folks. And then Ashton Kutcher is an actor and social media guy. And so it was sort of like, well, this is sort of a not fair fight in a way. 
Although he ended up winning, so I guess that says something. But it's like a brand. I mean, who owns Oreo? Nabisco? Kraft. Kraft mm, owns yeah. Oreo. So uh, they have a lot of uh, probably uh, PR and marketing folks who can help spread the word. But then, oh, definitely. And, and then Lil Wayne is a musician. So there's, it's, it's like apples and oranges a little bit. Cookies yeah, and wrappers. <laughs> it's a little strange, you know, and I think that really at the end of the day, when, when I read this, I thought, well, you know, great press, I guess, for Oreo in yeah. terms of trying to get exposure. However, I don't know. I just feel like with some of these companies, and I mean, I do social media consulting, so I understand that sometimes you want to get attention out there, but really, you know, having more fans than anyone else or having more likes, I'm not really sure that it, at the end of the day, it really does that much for your brand as far as having those loyal people who really love what you do. And, um, you know, I've read multiple articles about how the fact that, you know, just getting someone to click like is not necessarily enough to right. build the type of community that you want to build online. So, um, I don't know. It's interesting, but on the other hand, I think, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll not lose faith and they'll try something a little more innovative. I mean, having getting 45,000 likes within a 24-hour period, uh, that is admirable. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of likes. But it's like, how does that translate? What, what the Oreo folks want is for you to enjoy Oreos and buy them. If I like Oreo on Facebook, I may never think about it again. Yeah, I you know? know. So I think it's just a little bit, uh, you know, it's a bit of a PR play, I think, to get right. attention there and to try to get people to talk about it, which we are, of course. So I guess in some ways it is actually It worked. I, I haven't had, you know what I actually, I mean, if we're being honest, I haven't had Oreos in a long time because I usually shop at Whole Foods, which does not stock Oreos, but they do stock Numinos, the Paul Newman uh, healthy version of Oreos. I swear they taste the same. So Ooh. I actually eat a lot of Oreo type cookies, just not Oreos, because I don't want to go to two different stores. That is so funny. I have so, an Oreo. Forever. There you go. <laughs> they also have a mint version. They're very good. So there's my little plug for Numinos. I have no idea how many likes they have on Facebook. Probably fewer. Probably fewer. Yeah, probably fewer. So uh, another story about, uh, this is not so much breaking records, but uh, I think we uh, both love the uh, iPhone app Instagram. Big fan. Uh, Huge fan, a uh, free app that allows you to add really interesting filters to your mobile pictures. Um, and uh, they made some buzz last year towards the end of the year when they had um, gained, um, I think, about a million users in the first couple of months of them actually having the application available for download. They have just reached 2 million users uh, at six weeks after, I guess, they hit the million mark. So, uh, so this is like exponential growth situation going on here. Yeah, definitely. And... I, I don't know if you watched the Grammys on Sunday night, but um, I did read that they were involved with MTV as far as having a platform where people could share Instagram pictures. And that to me was kind of exciting because at least they're experimenting with actually having sort of a web um, version <laughs> where you can uh, check out Instagram photos because there's so much creativity there. Yeah, Instagram has, has they, they were faced with sort of a unique issue for a lot of little tiny two-person companies we had interviewed them on Net at Night. It was Leo and I. Uh, this was, oh gosh, I mean, uh, it wasn't that long ago. I want to say maybe November. It might have been earlier yeah. than that. And they had just hit 300,000, and it was like a really big deal. It was, it was, a, it was a huge benchmark for them. It, they, they, had, they were flabbergasted that they had grown that much. I mean, this is not even a million, not even half a million. And so obviously it's 
that the growth has just gone up since then. But they didn't realize that they were just going to catch on as fast as they did. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of scaling uh, growth issues that they were forced to think about, which prevented things like getting the web interface uh, up and running. So, so right now, for example, they're integrated with Twitter where you can see the Instagram picture, you know, if you're using the Twitter web version on the right-hand rail, which is great. But if you were just to click through on someone's Instagram link, it takes you to a, basically a permalink of that picture. You see who took the picture, but you don't even see any of the comments. And that's what makes Instagram fun in the iPhone app version. <laughs> the Android community is obviously, there's a little bit of like, hey, this would be really cool. We'd love to do this in the Android community as well. So they've kind of been not so patiently waiting, but this is all uh, issues that happen when a company grows so quickly. And I love Instagram. I think it's a lot of fun. There's a big social element involved and they've definitely um, done their best to introduce new features. The hashtag feature is one of the new ones and that's one of the one of the, um, the features that helped the Grammy page work because you could hashtag Grammys and then you could see these pictures propagating in real time, which was really cool. But that it's like what makes what makes an app hot in this way because it's like uh, anybody who's kind of an Instagram naysayer will it just they just make square versions with crappy filters of photos from camera phones you know I mean there there are there's the argument to be made that this is a very fad way to to collect a bunch of pictures but I wonder why I mean I wonder what it is about Instagram is it you know, the logo, is it the, is it just once enough people get to one place, sort of like Twitter, that's where everybody goes, even if they were kind of kicking and screaming? I think that's part of it. I mean, for me, I think the big thing about Instagram is sometimes when I take pictures on my iPhone, the reality is they don't look good <laughs> and there's bad lighting yeah. and, um, you know, the shot is just kind of, you know, just looks like a crappy mobile picture. And then all of a sudden I add an Instagram <laughs> filter to it and I feel like it just jazzes it up and I want to share it because it actually looks good. I mean, you know, even self-portraits, I think of, you know, sometimes you take a self-portrait and you realize, oh my gosh, it just looks terrible. Right. And then you add a, a black and white filter or, you know, one of the many other interesting filters that they have and it, it kind of looks cool, right? right? So it's just, and the ease of use to be able to you know, press through, I guess there's about 12 different filters now and to see all of the different effects. I think that's one thing that people just love. So um, I think, again, at the end of the day, it's probably just the simplicity and also just the reward. I mean, you go to go to take a, a random picture of anything and then you click a button and it looks kind of great and interesting, then um, I think that's a win-win for everybody out there. I think so too. And there's I've been experimenting with trying to make, you know, low light pictures look better with uh, camera bag was my, my filter app of choice, which then I could, I could tweet out or send to Flickr or do a variety of things. But it wasn't this inclusive network that Instagram has. And I, I, I love um, the way that they've made it social and you can re at reply to folks. And when I fire up Instagram after sleeping all night, I'll see who's now following me. And I've seen, I see who, who liked my last photo and this and that. And it's, it's kind of neat because there are folks who tweet out pictures and you say like, oh, enough. But with the Instagram community, I mean, I can take pictures all day. And, and then I'm just sort of selective with w which other networks I want to share with. But some of the pictures are just for the Instagram folks because we all have that photo slant where we might get a joke that's more part of the community. It's just you kind of have to just uh, read the community a little bit more. And so it's, it's a little bit more specific. It's that niche, that photo niche.
Oh, definitely. I mean, I even find when I see uh, an Instagram photo in my Twitter feed, I'm more likely to click on it to check out the photo than, you know, if it's just a regular pick. just because I think that I know it's, you know, could be kind of fun. And I, I think you're right. It is a community thing as well. There's, um, you know, I think a bunch of early adopters who started using Instagram and then mm -hmm. had point. Um, and uh, I hope I, I hope that they continue to stick around and maybe this uh, slow growth is kind of a good thing. And they're actually, you know, thinking about where to go next because, um, I just love it. I think it's great. And in fact, I've started playing with, um, this isn't from Instagram, obviously, but uh, an app called uh, 8mm. It's the, a video app that kind of does the same thing. You can add filters from like the 1920s or 1970s. Oh, I think this, I think we were playing around, this is uh, something Leo was playing around with the other week at the cottage. We, we, Probably. We sort of did this like fake 1920s newsreel type of a video. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. so much fun. You can have sort of the clicking as well. It's a really fun application. Um, I think it's only $1.99. But uh, it's just, you know, it's fun to be able to ma manipulate those videos and photos. Like I said, even they're the, if they're amateurish, to give them, you know, a little something, something. You know, speaking of uh, getting the most likes, uh, our friend uh, Kevin Rose uh, had an Instagram experiment a few weeks ago where he... He he wrote on the Twitter or a Twitter uh, iPhone app notepad. I want to get the most likes on Instagram. Took a screenshot of that, uploaded it as his picture, and now he holds the most likes record on Instagram. He also has probably the most followers on Instagram, or at least he's got to be like top five. So, abusive power. I don't know, but people love getting so, the most Sarah. likes. <laughs> I'd say he's definitely abusing his power. <laughs> time for him to step take it down a notch maybe <laughs> yeah really well it's it's the it's the world record so congrats kevin um you did it nice, <laughs> nice work we'll get him an award or something yeah exactly <laughs> so um oh that's really neat okay i know people listening can't uh, hear this but oh, i guess this is our yes this is our news reel uh for anybody no, no, who's no, who's no, not no, watching no, the video no, version no, of this this was uh of new shows New shows this week include <laughs> Mac Break Weekly tomorrow. Yes, it's a happy crew here at the beautiful Twit Cottage in downtown Petaluma, now California. Is, is this eight millimeter, Amber? I, um, eight millimeter does the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so I just, yeah, it is. It's I, I I don't know I I never actually asked him. I said, hey, that's a cool video, cool Leo. And, and when I got back to work, his iPhone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, that's what I have installed and it, uh, it does exactly kind of the same thing. So, um, I'm sure that it is, it's a really, it's, it's really fun. I mean, I like the 1970s look where you have that like really grainy video and it's got all those, you know, kind of muted browns in it. It's, oh yeah. Uh, that's fun too. So I've been experimenting with that a little bit. It's fun. It's, there's something about filters. It just, it's like, it makes, makes the real life version of it. All that much more interesting, I guess. Uh, should we uh, should we get our uh, our lovely guest on the line? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Alex. While you are working on that, uh, Amber and I will take a second to thank Audible.com for being our sponsor on Net at Night this week. Amber, what is what what what's your um, your audio book of choice these days? Are you in the middle of a book? Are you ready to start a new one? Just thinking. I'm gonna go look and see what they have now. Because uh, I feel like someone just recommended a book to me. I know last week I recommended uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I believe. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I, I have, now I, I, I don't want to say that I am reluctant to listen to it. I'm just, 
I don't know. I don't know if it's for me or not, but I have been, uh, it's been recommended to me by many folks, uh, Four Hour Body by Tim Ferriss, oh, which is, I of course, this, I don't know if I would call it a diet, but it's, it's uh, Tim Ferriss is like the master of body experimentation, I guess, for lack of a better term, where he's sort of figured out the key to losing weight and becoming or sort of your best physical version of yourself in a short amount of time following a specific regimen that doesn't require a lot of exercise, which as many people have experienced in the past is like, if you don't exercise, you're not really going to burn any calories and you're not going to lose a lot of weight. So I guess I'm, a, I'm almost worried to, uh, to find out what, what he wants me to do <laughs> in order to, because I really like candy and ice cream and, and thing and carbs and things like that. But but I've, I've kind of been, I've been thinking that maybe that might be my next audiobook. Um, I'm not sure if he reads it, but if he does, then that would be kind of cool because I've met him before. Yeah, I think that's a really great pick. Um, I think Leo and I talked about him on the show not that long ago. I've oh, yeah. been actually trying to get him to come on net at night. So, um, oh, good. I well, Tim, now, now that we uh, have, maybe I have to listen to it now. Maybe if I listen to it and he knows that, then he'll be uh, more apt to come on the show. <laughs> Who knows? He's a busy guy, though. I'm learning quickly from his uh, assistant. So He is um, so busy. Uh, so, it, of course, we're talking about audible.com and, and audiobooks. And if you're sort of like, what, what is, how does this all work? Uh, it's, it's cool. If you're not familiar with Audible, it's pretty much the place uh, with the most downloadable titles anywhere online. 75,000 plus downloadable titles. Books, nonfiction, fiction, some periodicals even. I mean, if you want... If you want uh, the Washington Post read to you, for example, you can do that. It's really cool. In fact, Tom Merritt does exactly that. He loves Audible for that reason. Um, they, uh, what, what, what you do is you download the book. Um, and by the way, Audible, if you're not already a subscriber, they will allow you to, just by being a, a, a member of the Net at Night community, they'll allow you to download For Our Body or whatever book of your choice for free just to try it out. So they want to make sure that, you know, it's, it's the right thing for you. If you've never really listened to an audiobook before, it's, um, it's a really cool experience because Amber and I have talked about in the past, it's like you can be doing something else. You don't have to be sitting there reading uh, words on a page. You could be cooking dinner. You could be at the gym. You could be driving in your car on a commute. Amber, I'm sure you, you've you've taken advantage of this on plane rides for the many trips that you're always taking all over the place. And uh, yeah, Audible's great. So if you are interested in Audible and you want to try it out, and again, free book, there's nothing wrong with a free book. Everybody loves free books and you can have one. Just go to audible.com slash night. Check it out. Audible.com slash night. And I guess... Now that I've talked about it uh, as much as I have, I should really download the four-hour body. Because I actually have <laughs> You have, have a, to. I know. I know. I'm just worried that he's going to tell me I can't eat a lot of bread. Because bread is my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. Much. You know what? I cut, Not to get into talking about food too much, but I cut out bread and um, like rice probably yeah. maybe like six weeks ago. And I really, I have to say that um, I just have more energy. I Do can't you? even believe Oh, I can't believe it's crazy because I it's probably been about six weeks. So I basically just eat. I mentioned this to Leo a few shows ago, um, vegetables and fruit and fish and meat. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you're a vegetarian, though, right, Sarah? Are you? Well, I do eat fish. So oh, you eat fish. Okay, so that's pretty so good. So I'm not really a vegetarian. I'm a pescatarian, as we call ourselves. But okay, yeah, I mean, your, your diet could work for me. 
Yeah, and, and I, I just feel like more energy. I'm not saying I'm bouncing off the walls, but I don't get those sluggish moments. And I used to go out, you know, I would go out and have a sandwich or pasta for lunch or something. And then all of a sudden I would come back and I would, you know, by four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, you go into that zone. Oh, yeah. And I just don't have those dips anymore. It's just I feel like, you know, pretty good most of the time. Um, so. I've heard that from other folks. I mean, it's, it sounds like, so it's not really that you're cutting out gluten because if you, if you forego rice as well, I mean, that's, that's not a gluten product. So it's more of like a starch thing. You were over starching. Yeah, and exactly. And slowing you down. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about his book, but that's been going pretty well for me. Well, I'm glad to hear it because I eat a lot of starch. <laughs> so maybe I can blame that on my lack of energy. Actually, I, I have a lot of energy, but maybe I'll just be like superwoman if I stop eating so much <laughs> yeah. pasta. Actually, watch out. Maybe you shouldn't try it just yet, Sarah. <laughs> All right. I think we've got our guest on the line. Thanks, Alex, for doing that. Uh, Daniel, is, do you pronounce your last name Debeau or Debau or are neither of those right? No, no, the first one, Debeau, Daniel Debeau. Daniel Debeau, that's exactly what Amber thought it was going to be. Amber, you were right. Uh, I, I just guessed. Hi, Daniel. Hi, how you doing, Amber? Good, nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on the show. And I, I know Sarah has also uh, started to dive into Ripple with uh, Twit, but uh, would love to just kind of uh, hear a little bit more about it in terms of why you started the company. I know um, you have lots of experience, I should say, in the, I don't know if it's the software industry, but uh, you were one of the people behind WorkBrain. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. I was one of the co-founders as my co-CEO was. Uh, I ran marketing and business development. He ran uh, sales and strategy. And uh, that was a human capital management company that we grew for, to a few hundred employees, uh, about 700 people, and worked with some of the biggest companies in the world. And along the way, we learned that uh, there has got to be a better way to help people get more feedback at work than the traditional performance reviews because they really suck. And it, you know, everyone has to go through these things and no one really gets that much out of them. So we thought it seems crazy that like in a real time world where people are constantly connected that, you know, you're going to get feedback once every six months or once a year in this very formalistic process. It just didn't match. So that's why we started Ripple to solve that problem. And it's been a great, been great, great so far. We've been having a great time doing it. So Daniel, it's Ripple for anybody who hasn't, who hasn't had a chance to play around with it. I set up an account for some of our twin employees I invited some folks. I mean, the process was very simple, very easy. And we began creating some, some, uh, some goals, some actions, being able to kind of give each other accolades and comment on, 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 on various things. And, you know, we're, we're kind of uh, trying it out just to see how it works as an infrastructure. But it does definitely give me, um, it reminds me of some of my management training classes that I've taken for various companies over the years where there is a certain performance that's expected. And if you state it clearly and someone performs as expected, then they get a reward of some kind. So a lot of this seems to be rooted in traditional um, the, the way that corporations traditionally work, but it's got a nice social element as well. I think you just hit it. And, and uh, what we've done is try and work with some really smart people in the leadership, management, coaching space, and in uh, traditional human resources. And it's interesting, like, uh, you know, a lot of them sort of say, yeah, there's nothing else better out there, but what can we do? And that was our challenge. And it was really to take the behaviors that are, are kind of the things that you guys were talking about going to the gym, right? If you don't go to the gym, you're, you're, it's going to be really hard to get into shape. And if you don't do the basic things of, uh, 
uh, of leading your team and also being a great teammate. Like we try to make it non-hierarchical. Um, if you don't do those things, it's going to be hard to keep your team together. And when you have distributed teams, you have teams who are used to using different tools, um, how could we bring that to a more modern context? So the basic behaviors, like they're like just basic hygiene, like make sure you recognize people for doing a good job and don't wait forever for that. So that was how we created our thanks tool that allows people to create custom badges that are fun, use their own language that m matters to them, and build reputation for people um, for a very basic behavior. Make sure you give recognition to people. A, a second behavior was if you're a coach or if you're an individual who mentors people, or you're someone who wants to advance your career and stay on track, make sure you have one-on-one -on -one sessions with people where you talk about you know, career, behavior, and also just stuff you have to get done. And what Ripple does is make it really easy to keep that all in one spot uh, and help you keep track of all the people that you're coaching and mentoring, and also as an individual, all the people that you're connected to at work. Um, a third behavior, just ask for feedback every once in a while. And right now, that's a really scary thing to do because asking for feedback is these heavy-duty 360 review processes, and they cost a lot of money, takes a lot of time. And worst of all, like the answers show up on your review. So who, who wants to get uh, you know, somewhere that they really genuinely can do better? Uh, and so Ripple's made it really easy for you to just ask a quick question, uh, get a really quick anonymous feedback if you'd like. Uh, and the last part is, you know, setting goals and making them social as opposed to this top-down heavy-duty thing that, you know, goals are really that things that we gather around at work. So goals, getting feedback, one-on-one -on -one coaching, recognition, they're basic things that people have known about for a long time, and Ripple brings it to a really fun social context today. It's really cool. I mean, I'm just uh, looking at your blog and uh, I'm, I'm blown away with all of the content on your blog. It's a really great resource for uh, people who run businesses or, you know, for employees as, as well to figure out kind of how to be more involved with the job. Um, one stat that I came across was that 87% of people want to quit because of low performers. I mean, people working around them who are obviously, they don't consider uh, to be at the same level as them. And I thought this was kind of interesting. And I'm curious if you've seen how Ripple has kind of boosted the morale within an organization among a group of people because people are kind of watching out for other people and, you know, patting them on the back and are, are invested in their success as well. Absolutely. I mean, we, we hear that all the time from our users. Our customers say, hey, this was something that we thought could be, you know, was heavy duty and actually is really fun and makes it more continuous and ongoing and people uh, are performing better. Um, you know, we have one customer that runs a large call center and one of the team leads installed it just like you guys did. You know, one manager brought it in. It's a freemium product, so it's free to get started and everything I've just described is free to use. And pretty quickly, his manager realized, my gosh, why is your team doing so much better? And he's like, it's this Ripple thing. It keeps us on track and people are getting recognized and people sort of, it lightens up the atmosphere. Um, but it's also, you know, it's very productive. So pretty quickly that turned into, you know, the entire company rolling out Ripple uh, together. And, and for us, you know, that's, that's the proof is in the pudding. You know, traditional tools that are brought like this, they're kind of like pushed down on people from the top. And we wanted to build something that was good enough that people would start using it from the bottom up. And that time and time again at our, at our customers, it's usually a manager or a team leader or an individual contributor who brings it in and they start to see results because people want to use it. And that's when we were able to, you know, turn them into customers, paying customers where we have premium services and things like that. I'm also glad you mentioned the content because, you know, for us, it's not just about providing a software tool, but it's actually helping people who are our users learn about the best things that we can do to, to uh, the best practices. And we bring, you know, speakers and great bloggers together, try and share stats and information so that people can, you know, work better together. 
What about uh, socially? I mean, the social nature of some folks is just higher than that of others. I mean, I've definitely worked with, uh, you know, engineers, for example, that barely even ever said hello to me. And then other people who really never shut up. I mean, it's like people work differently and I can see them using Ripple differently as well. How do you get around um, those who are more active on Ripple not being, I guess, recognized more by their superiors just because they're louder, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, sure. No, no, it totally makes sense. Um, and I think I should, you know, I should clarify, the, the whole point of Ripple is not for you to go on and, and try and be active and post and be, be, you know, like be engaged as if this were just another sort of social tool at work. It's to let you do your job and let the people around you recognize you. And I think it's actually the opposite. The experience that we have is that often, um, uh, people who do great work, that quiet developer perhaps, who's really key to keeping everything going, might not get noticed by management or somebody else, but it's because people, their coworkers are the ones who give them thanks for saying like, hey, thanks for like setting up the new VPN, like I can get work done at home now, that they get that recognition and it's kept all in one spot. And otherwise it would be lost completely and when this dreaded review comes around, you know, no one's going to know about the amazing work this person did. But with Ripple, their coworkers get to get to give them recognition, build their reputation, uh, and help them participate. So it's not about you going off and promoting yourself. It's about the people around you doing a good job um, and, and helping you get recognized for the work you do. We think that's exactly what we're trying to, trying to accomplish. And in a small company like, ooh, Amber, I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. In a small company like Twit, uh, you know, we're all under the same roof and there's 12 of us who are here full time or something like that. And it's pretty easy to keep track of folks. So we all know what each other are doing. And I know that uh, a big company like Cisco, for example, I know has experimented with Ripple and that must be completely different because I mean, think of all the departments and the department heads and, and various projects that are very separate um, for a lot of employees. I mean, they, some of them probably don't even know each other. Do you mm -hmm. ever get any, I mean, you're probably not able to look through what people are saying about each other at Cisco, but do you get uh, a lot of feedback back from the bigger companies on what works about Ripple and what could be done differently so you're able to kind of model the service for, for the big guys? Totally. Uh, so... We talk to all our customers. We are not surprisingly really into feedback here. And we, we, our newest release, uh, Ripple 3, is based heavily on working with hundreds of customers and end users. You know, so one thing that we really pride ourselves is not being driven by the sales cycle and like, oh, someone just wants this feature and they'll give us a contract, but really trying to build this like it's consumer software. So people say, I love it. Well, that means you got to talk to people. And customers at big companies are driving, helping us to drive and figure out the problems that they need to solve. So in the coming months, we're going to be rolling out better filtering on the feed and allowing for a, a more sophisticated follow model so that, you know, you're paying attention to the topics, the goals, the, uh, the recognition that you care about. Um, and at the same time, we've heard from bigger companies, you know, interesting things like make it less hierarchical. And so the big jump when we just moved from version three to version two was to allow anybody to coach anybody else. Because, you know, smart companies, especially technology, creative design firms, which are our customers, you know, those companies are moving to a network model where, you know, your influence is driven by your outcomes, your accomplishments, your work, and less by an org chart. So we've tried to build a tool that's like that. That comes from listening directly to customers and talking to them. Um, and, but you're right, smaller companies have different challenges than bigger companies. And we find that you know, about 25 employees and up 25 to 500 to 1,000, that's really when, when the real value of Ripple starts to kick in, into place. Not to say that you can't use it with 12 people. It's still lots of fun. Um, 
but especially when you get to that that sort of magic number, and especially when you start having remote employees, you know, uh, you mm-hmm. mentioned Cisco. That's people in India and people in North America trying to create the same kind of consistency where you would normally bump into each other in the hallway, but allowing them to connect uh, using a tool like Ripple. What Very advice cool. do you have to someone out there who loves the idea of Ripple and would like to see it implemented within their own organization, but maybe they don't necessarily have the authority to get it implemented? Yeah. Um, well, I have a, a, the first bit of advice is to just try it. I mean, a huge number of our users introduce this thing, and you're, you know, you've got to recognize you're not introducing a silly tool. It's not a game. It's a tool that actually helps people work better together and get things done productively. Uh, it's as secure as any uh, high-end uh, enterprise security uh, team would want to have, and we've got some very prominent customers who have been you know, checking our security, and, and it's consistent with traditional processes, so it can work with an existing performance review. It doesn't have to replace it, although many customers find out hey, we're going to do that anyhow. Um, I think the second piece of advice is check out our website. We've got lots of resources there for exactly that problem. Like, how do I explain this to my teammates? How do I explain it to my manager, my boss? Um, and how do I explain it to HR, what, what we're trying to do? But I will tell you that, like, overwhelmingly, the best proof is, hey, we tried to use it, and it started to spread. People wanted to use it. You know, the people in companies that are in HR, they want better solutions. And when you can come and say, hey, we got our team of 40 people using this, and we find that we get better feedback, we feel more connected, and the teams are on track together, everybody knows where they stand, um, that's a success story that they're going to want to hear about. Uh, so that's, that, those are my bits of advice. Try it, get some information, get some people engaged around you. I mean, remember, Ripple is a social tool. You know, just trying it out yourself, you're not really going to see the benefit. You've got to get <laughs> a team of a few people engaged. And that's when we find the magic kind of happens. When we know that there's a team of five or ten people that starts to use it and get engaged on it, very quickly they contact us and say, all right, great, how do we spread this? Because this is, this is a, a better experience for us at work. Daniel, you mentioned that uh, Ripple is freemium. Uh, there is uh, another tier of Ripple that uh, that companies can sign up for. What kind of um, features do do the paid models have? Sure, um, better support. So uh, that's aftermarket. We'll you know we've got you know people here who will answer the phones and spend a lot more time making sure that uh, whatever issues you have are addressed. Uh, you've got launch support. So just to the prior question, we've got a team of people of customer coaches who can do kickoffs for your team, uh, really quickly explain what it's all about uh, and share some best practices. Um, we've got uh, premium analytics and information. So once you start using Ripple, um, often you find like, hey, wow, that's, there's a lot of useful information about uh, a talent, basically, that's in this, in this tool that we want to extract and use in ways that are meaningful for our business. And so we provide tools to do that. Other parts of the premium features that come as you move up are you know, integrating it into your existing uh, IT infrastructure. So some of our customers have baked Ripple right into their internal intranets. It's got single sign-on, and those are premium features features that, uh, that we would charge for. I, I should say we found that uh, giving away stuff for free is a great way to spread. The move from our last version 2 to 3, we used to charge for uh, the number of connections you could have, number of people you can coach. We don't do that anymore. Uh, we also used to charge for um, building customized badges and creating things that were your own culture. Uh, and now we, we give that away for everyone for free, that you can go in, create a badge, add a meaning to it, share it with people in your company, add tags to it, and then start using it, as many as you want. Um, so we're big believers in, in, in you know, letting people see the value by trying it and then um, selling premium features that are more about you know, how does the corporation extract value from this once everyone's using it. 
Does what that about help? A, a, any type of mobile app? Do you have anything in the works for that? Because I just imagine, you know, on the go, if you're busy at the office, it would be great to have something uh, on a uh, smartphone or even an iPad. Uh, totally. So uh, we had some mobile apps. We had a BlackBerry. We had a uh, iPhone. And you know what? We just took them off because we didn't think they were quite good enough. Uh, and we're working right now to relaunch with uh, a new iPhone uh, and a new iPad app and should be coming out shortly. Uh, it's something that we're working on because I think you're right. That is the mobile case. Lots of people have. I mean, the best feedback in the world is not six months later. It's, you know, in the cab on the way back from a meeting, uh, right after a meeting or something like that. And we want to be able to, you know, get someone to be able to give that to you right away, make sure that's continuous because that's when, you know, people actually learn, right? Telling me six months later doesn't help me get better, but tell me right away and I can do something about it. And then we all get better together. Very cool. Seems like a really great service and uh, people can check it out at ripple.com. Yeah, ripple.com. It's ripple with a Y, by the way, R-Y-P-P-L-E. Uh, so I really appreciate you guys having me on and uh, thanks for all the questions and I hope people come check it out. Absolutely, thanks so much. And you have Daniel. a great blog, so make sure people uh, check out the blog as well. Thank you so much for joining us. No thanks, guys. Thanks, bye -bye. Daniel. Daniel DeBoe of ripple.com. That's R-Y-P-P-L-E. Amber, I got to say, uh, even though the Twit folks think they're so funny putting together these <laughs> ridiculous badges, we were just kind of experimenting with how, you know, the, the hierarchy and infrastructure works within Ripple. But assuming that Twit were to get together and say, okay, so th this is how we're going to structure our account yeah. here, and here's how we're going to communicate with each other, because some of us do work remotely. I mean, you're a Twit member, and you're never here. I mean, you know, it's like, this would be a really cool way for a lot of us to keep track of projects too i mean we we've got our daily shows it's like i know i have to sit here at 1 30 p.m pacific and do that at night but what about sort of this long-term um you know promotional goal to make sure that i'm promoting that at night more regularly it's like there are a lot of ways to get on the same page with coworkers that i think ripple could be really cool for yeah i think so too and i mean just you know in the twin environment uh, you know, being able to say, hey, great job on, you know, the doing, uh, you know, if you were on Twid or another one of the programs and just kind of giving people uh, just, uh, you know, the, the, I think the credit that they probably deserve for working really hard. Mm -hmm. um, I know it's too bad Leo wasn't kind of listening in because I bet you he would love something like this. He seemed, it seems like he would. Uh, I, I know he would love something like this because he hates meetings. Hates me. We don't actually have meetings at Twit, which on one hand is like, it's the best job ever because, I mean, who really likes them? You know, meetings are, for a lot of people, just the, like the bane of their existence at work because it keeps them from working. But this is like, it's our little internal social network that's based on, you know, kind of thumbs up for a job well done and being able to sort of pat somebody on the back or help somebody or, or comment on a particular project and kind of keeps you out of meeting rooms or that dreaded one-on-one. -on -one. The six-month review. Yeah, which is... It's just stressful. I, I've never had one of those interviews, even with a, a, a boss that I had a great relationship with and not been kind of worried and filled with dread because it, it's just an uncomfortable situation. Because, you, you know, after a few months, you, you let things kind of build up and you think, okay, after six months, like, gosh, I could have done something wrong four months ago that I didn't even remember, you know? It's just yeah. too much time has passed. So, um, yeah, well, I'm glad you guys are uh, trying it out. It seems like a really... Uh, great tool. So, so happy that he could jump on the show. Me too. Yeah, he was awesome. He definitely, they've definitely thought about, um, they, they've, they've thought about how, how companies 
work, how companies aren't efficient and sort of bridging the two together uh, within Ripple. So yeah, if you're interested, and especially as Daniel mentioned, I mean, if you're like, an, you have an employee base of 25 or more, particularly if some of them are remote, try the free version, see if it's something that you can use. Um, absolutely. So Sarah, we have a couple more links. Yeah. Um, we have uh, one news story that I have to mention. I don't know, if, are you a Flaming Lips fan? Okay, so uh, Flaming Lips, when I was first introduced to them, I think it was like my first year of college or maybe a little bit before that. And it was the, she don't use jelly or whatever song. And so I had this vision of them as like crazy pink and green hair, like alternate dudes. And I wasn't super crazy about that song. And then they really reinvented themselves or at least their sound seemed reinvented so that later on, uh, I don't know, maybe around 2004 or 2005, I, I was shocked to hear that all of these songs that I liked were by the same band. Yeah, I know. I'm a big fan of theirs. Uh, I've seen them in concert a couple of times. They have the craziest, wildest concerts ever. Uh, and this is just in line with that. Um, they have just released a song on YouTube, but they've released it by sending out 12 separate YouTube videos. Wow. And it's so bizarre. So what they're expecting people to do, and they explain this in a video where the band is actually explaining what they want people to do, is imagine that you have... Uh, a dozen friends who are standing around with different smartphones like iPhones and can, um, or I don't know, whatever, whatever device it might be or computers and you can each load up part of the, the song and then play it all together. <laughs> Maybe I'm missing something here. It's very strange. I mean, they, they've definitely, um, Flaming Lips have been known for, like you said, kind of crazy yeah, um, in-person performances and a lot of experimentation and this seems like one of those, you know, it's, it's like um, how albums, they would start experimenting with playing songs in a certain order or, you know, the, the, the songs all flow into each other and, and yeah, they have to be listened to all at once or, or they don't really make sense. And, and this is, it seems like just the next logical step, I guess, when you're thinking, ah, there's got to be something more interesting than just putting on a music video. Sure. And and harnesses what YouTube can offer, I guess, by by putting together fragments of videos so that it gives people a reason to. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's kind of just to give people a reason to think music videos are fun again, rather than just yeah, this it's like, thing. It's kind of like a, a little uh, treasure hunt or something. So yeah. I think it's neat. I haven't had a chance to go to all the different uh, pieces of the video, but. Uh, um, I will because, I, like I said, I, I I love the band. I think they're interesting, and I think they're always doing pretty pretty uh, innovative stuff. And this is definitely uh, no exception to that. Well, you know, Radiohead is um, coming out with uh, their sort of like four tiered album prices for their next album, which is I think released this weekend, which I'm very excited about. Flaming Lips has a 12 part video <laughs> for a song. It's kind of like, it's neat that artists are, are, are being artistic with the way that they're rolling out their music. I mean, it's really, it's all about the music in the end, but it's, it's nice to be able to digest the music in all these different ways, um, yeah. particularly the visual side of it, because I, it, I need an incentive to care about watching music yeah. on video. That's for sure. I agree with you. So we have a couple of more links. I don't know if we have any more ads or I can just power through these. You power through. We are good. 
Okay, so uh, for our site of the night, it's actually not really a site. It's a Facebook app. Uh, it's called Flip Your Profile, and mm. uh, it allows you to replace your pro your Facebook profile picture with a video. Um, and this was an app that was built by Cisco, who makes the flip video camera. I love those little video cameras; they're so simple to use. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know, you end up seeing some really interesting. Uh, profile videos that people have done. The only thing is, which is kind of a bit of a drag, I think, is that uh, people need to have the app installed to be able to see videos on other people's profiles, which, of course, technically makes sense, but it's hard to, you know, give people incentive to actually do that. Right. Uh, nonetheless, I just... I just love how people are hacking their Facebook pages because, um, you know, the, I think the site itself isn't necessarily, there aren't a lot of options to make your page kind of work differently, but people are getting really creative um, over the past uh, few months to do interesting things to make their pages and profiles stand out a lot. Very true. I mean, of course you run the risk of becoming, I mean, when you think of, ooh, customizing page, sometimes I get these awful nightmarish visions of people's MySpace pages, which were hacked, yeah. like, incomprehensibly and were, you know, flashing text and, and, and hard to look at. That said, Facebook is, is, I mean, you could accuse Facebook of being a little boring design-wise. Yeah. You know, if, if you, just because sure. it, it's very regimented and the color coding and, and the whole thing. Now, I wonder if... If you uh, make yourself a little flip video, profile video picture, and I don't have the um, the app installed, the Facebook app, will I see some sort of other placeholder picture or will it just sort of be a broken link? Because that, that would suck. I know, that's a really good question. I think I'm gonna try it. I have literally, I mean, for people who are listening and, you can, and people watching can maybe see, but I probably have, uh, half a dozen flip video cameras floating around, so maybe I'll give it a whirl and see what happens. Half a dozen? Uh, wow, I have two, and I thought I was really special. <laughs> I know, it's a little out of control. Um, but uh, I'll try it out, because it's, it's a fun idea, and I, I agree with you. It would be a, a unfortunate if people went there and they couldn't see anything, or it was just like a broken image on the page. Right, I mean, if, it's, it's, if it was my the Facebook picture that I have now... But if you were a special flip video app user and you could see this almost like a, almost like a little Easter egg video, that would be really mm. cool. I would totally do that. Um, yeah, I love the flip video. I know that they're, um, they're, the flip video uh, advertisements are plastered in our San Francisco Muni system, our mm. underground. I mean, there's, so I think about them all the time and I'm always seeing them and I know that they're, they've got a lot of competition, of course, from I mean, iPhone 4. Pretty yeah. good video camera, things like that. But I still use mine a lot. Takes great pictures, um, moving pictures, of course. So yeah, this is neat. I'll have to try it out too. Yeah, and then, fun. and then by next week, we'll know if the broken link exists or if this exactly. is really cool for for anybody, even so that they don't have to make their friends download the app if their friends don't want to. Exactly. Um, okay. So and finally, our video of the week. Now Yay. this is a little, this is a little bit different, Sarah. Okay. Um, uh, it's, uh, I guess if, you know, I'm thinking this is a tech show. So there are probably science geeks listening as well, I hope. Um, people who are interested in things like the uh, placebo effect. Uh, this is a neat video that just came online that describes the strange power of the placebo effect. It just uh, went onto YouTube a few days ago, already starting to get uh, some traction. It's a little, about two and a half minutes long, maybe a little bit more. Um, really neat uh um, graphics that are attached to the video, which of course the listeners can't hear. However, the most important part is the audio itself and describing the power, power of the placebo effect. And it's just a fun video, an educational video, and it just kind of shows the power of YouTube to share uh, 
sort of educational and instructional video like this, especially as YouTube is just celebrating, I believe it's what anniversary now? Is it the sixth anniversary? I think um, it is. Yeah, I think 2005. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. I think yesterday was uh, or Monday was the um, their actual birthday. So uh, wow. just a, a, a fun clip for people to uh, listen in on. Well, you know, before we uh, we say goodbye and then and then play out with the video. Funny thing about the placebo effect because I was just thinking about this. I had acupuncture last Saturday for the first time and. Uh, well over a year. And um, every time I say, well, I love acupuncture. It really makes me feel better. People go, that's the placebo effect. You're not actually, nothing's actually happening. It's all in your head. And it's like, but it still is helping. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's still good, right? I mean, the placebo effect, if it works, then it's not just this fake thing. You know, it's like if I'm, if I have insomnia and the placebo effect has helped me sleep, then yay placebo. So anyway, yeah. it's just, you know, it's been on my mind lately. So I've this is great her. timing. I'm glad that you're thinking about it. Yes. It's relevant now. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, Amber, thank you so much again for letting me be uh, your co-host on Net at Night, episode 189. 189 and feeling fine. And uh, Leo will be back next week for anybody All who's right, missing Sarah, him. We'll miss Don't you. worry about it. We'll yes. see you soon. All right. Bye, Amber. And Bye. let's roll the strange power of the placebo effect. Like before when something with no known therapeutic value can actually make people feel better. It's a great trick our minds play on us, that by believing and expecting something to work, it actually does. But what's weird is that the strength of the effect can differ for some really strange reasons. For example, the same placebo can treat pain half as well as aspirin, while at the same time treating pain half as well as morphine. Morphine's a much more powerful painkiller but a placebo is half as effective as both? Saying a placebo will reduce pain reduces pain. But saying that the same placebo will increase pain increases pain. Believing that a placebo will make you feel better will make you feel better. Believing that it won't has the opposite effect. Now, placebos aren't just pills. They can be creams, injections, surgeries or drinks. You can even get placebo buttons. They don't actually do anything but they sure as hell make you feel like you're in control. But not all placebos are equal. The effect of the placebo is bigger when the pill itself is bigger. Or if you have two instead of one. Or two once a day instead of one twice a day. And a capsule will usually beat a pill. And a syringe will usually beat a capsule. And anything with a big ass science machine can outperform any of them. A plain pill works worse than a branded one. A discounted pill works worse than a pricey one, and even a pill in a plain box does worse than one that's all shiny and fish. Placebos that are blue work best as downers, and placebos that are red are better as uppers. Studies have shown that people who take their meds on a regular basis are less likely to die than those that don't, even if those meds are all placebos. You can even get addicted to placebos, in one study, a group of women took placebos for more than five years. 40% of them suffered withdrawals afterwards. In fact, the effect of placebos can be so strong that some people want them banned from sports. But I mean, how would you even test for that? Placebos don't even seem to work from place to place. For example, in Germany, using a placebo to treat ulcers works better than anywhere else in Europe. But using a placebo that treats hypertension doesn't work nearly as well as it does for its neighbours. 
Now, remember that all of this is about comparing things that both have nothing medically effective in them, which goes to show that a placebo isn't about what's in it, but about the beliefs that we load onto it. Our minds create the medicine, and that is pretty freaking weird.